Hey there, friends. It's Renee here at the Rose Hour Podcast. And this week, you guys are in for a treat. First up, we have the amazing trio of Bianca, Abria, and Raquel of Urban Wine Collective and Charles Morrison of Jardesca. Pew, pew. Everybody drink rose. Rose. So we sip rose. We're gonna sip rose. Rose. Sip rose. Baby girl, she don't play. Don't play. So we sip rose. We're gonna sip rose. That rose hour, baby. Sip rose. Hey there, friends. It's Renee. Woo! Yes, 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 yes. And. And me, bartender Ben. Oh, no. Man, she done played me. Oh, no. <laughs> We've never used it for real. Oh, man. So today oh, I had to do it. I hear caffeine. Well, I mean, <laughs> listen, we had to do it. We had right. to do it because we had to do it. Yeah, How yeah. are you, Mr. Bartender Ben? Oh, man, I am mag. Magnificent. <laughs> like magnificent, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you just evil in a Disney product. <laughs> no, I'm just really, really great. <laughs> oh, well, that's cute. Yeah, I'm magnificent to all of those words all together. Like, oh, you're everything that's everything. Yes. Oh. So, you know, you got this new thing called Meat Chronicles. How's that going? Oh, man, I love it. You know, and um, initially, you know, when I first did it, I was like, I kind of just wanted to record what I had did. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like, hey, look at my struggle plate online. His <laughs> struggle plate. <laughs> Ain't nothing about his uh, struggling, though. Right. So, you know, and um, I really through, through doing it, it got me back into really love cooking and, and what I love to cook, you know. Because mm-hmm. um, I kind of like being in the kitchen, not like a slave to it, but, you know, I, I like to, you know, pass through every now and again. Yeah. Oh. So, so. What, what what's going on with... um? The Meat Chronicles, and more specifically, like, what's the purpose of it? Right. So, well, the purpose of Meat Chronicles, where first, you know, like I was saying, it was a place for me to kind of just chronicleize meat cooking, you know, mm-hmm. and different, you know, meats that I did cook. But um, where it really is, is going to, you know, once I started posting what I was doing, I was getting a lot of questions like, well, hey, Ben, well, how you did this? And why you did that? And blah, blah, blah. You know, so... <clears throat> when I started to see that, you know, well, people really were inquiring about how I was getting the meat and how temperance. So I was like, well, let me turn it into a series where I can share this information and and kind of create a forum with the, you know, you know, us as young, you know, black men could talk about men's stuff. Yeah, you know? as a safe space with right. meat, right. sort of. <laughs> exactly. Right. You know, so once we start playing around with the show, we were like. Well, you know, we have like a, a, a meat, a side, and a drink. Yeah. So, you know, to teach, you know, how to uh, create a well-rounded meal, you know. Yeah, because people got to eat. Might right. as well drink. Exactly. <laughs> I'm here for all that. So you are educating the masses, and that's on Mondays at 7 on your IGTV Live? Yes, ma'am. So that is at bartenderben underscore DC mm-hmm. to check them out there. Uh, you will hear me in the background just being like, oh, 
because I'm usually like I'm, I'm usually dressed in all black like I'm the support team like you know like when you see movies being done <laughs> production always wears all black that's me <laughs> right, but no but you're a, 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 an integral part well, I can't uh, eat it because I'm vegetarian, so there's that too. <laughs> you know, you, you really help get this get the show going. So if you can hit a button for that, um, yeah, you know, we really appreciate you, Renee, um, for you know helping us, you know, put this thing together, and make it something that's uh, enjoyable, shareable, all of those things, all of the things, peoples, right. all of the things. Right. Well, I'm excited because today it centers around sort of like what you do with me, Chronicles. Um, we have two dope de- guests, but like instead of two, we have like five technically, mm-hmm. no, four technically, oh. because we have three that are part of the Urban Wine Collective based out of Atlanta, Georgia. And we talk about how these women got together and created this amazing like experience. And if you guys hear a little barking in the background, just just our dog Zeus. We got a new dog. That's a whole nother episode. I love it. <laughs> and then also we have Charles from Jardesca, uh, which is an aperitif uh, wine. So we're excited about that. It's really good. You oh know, my God, yeah. We did, we did a holiday special on that. Yes, yes. Um, we made some drinks with him on live and those things came out really good. And I was actually making a lot of those drinks after the show and drinking that, you know. We, we did it in Chicago too, yes. yeah. Definitely, and Shay, yeah, shared it with the family up there too, so yes. Shout out to them, Jardeska. Jardeska! Yes. And if you're wondering what Jardeska is, it's their, a California aperitif, which is like not a dessert wine. It's before you have your meal type of wine. And so... You walk um, around the party with... Yeah, you know, you're like, the, hey girl. Right, right. You're <laughs> like, hey girl, what you drinking at an aperitif? <laughs> But it was created to refine the uh, European traditions of aperitifs. And they bring a relaxed sophistication and delicious taste to their California um, aperitif moment. Um, Many traditional European aperitifs were originally created as medicines or used as herbs to mask weak or cheap wine. So they tend to be bitter, challenging on their own. But their goal at Jardesca, which is a California aperitif again, was to start with delicious taste and use uh, their botanicals to amplify that delicious taste. So it's pretty dope. It's delicious. They have a white and a red. It's so, so, so good. And they ship all over the U.S. What? And it's not hard to make um, the drink. And actually, they ship it as a kit, which I thought was really dope. Yeah. Um, It made it really easy to, you know, make the drink because you had all the pieces right there. Yeah. You know, I didn't have to go to the liquor store or somewhere else. to Make sure that you had like the cranberry juice or whatever or pomegranate juice, to be honest. Yeah. Well, I, I know there's one question you're going to ask me, so I'm ready for it. What do you think I want to ask? What's the alcohol content? Oh, you know, I mean, that's always kind of. <laughs> I, I know what part of the show we're going to throw that in there. Yeah, we're going to do it now. So, so real quick, just before we get to that, because it, this is like a whole drum roll situation for that. No drum roll, but Georgetka is legally classified as aperitif wine. So let's start there, right? So what that means? So again, we just talked about it. <laughs> it's a wine. So it's the before you get your meal started wine. Uh, I mean, but you know, when they say you registered, but like, what does that mean? It's being classified. Right, like what? What is? Because it's it's a wine, but, but so this is where I'm getting into. So we're going right. to talk about, right. yeah, yeah, the alcohol content. So that's why they have to 
preference with that because this is probably the highest that you've ever heard. So Jardesca is a wine blend fortified with fine grape spirit, but at 17% alcohol content and all grape based can be sold in accounts with beer and wine licenses. I think that's the record. Man, they giving it to you. I think that's the record. I think one one's the highest one we saw on the show is 14.1%. I don't remember who the brand was, but I remember the percentage. All I know is it gets you there. I'll take you there. That's yeah, what this it does. tastes good. Like yeah. it's, it's really good. You know, you use a, you know, a few ice cubes and it's really, really easy to make the uh the make so I really encourage everyone to go get a kit. Get a kit, get a kit. Regardless of whether it's holiday season or not, it tastes good either way. Just drink the stuff. It don't matter. It's good. Make the drinks. I know you've had some more drinks also coming out too. Uh, yes. So, man, check it out. Check yeah. him out. Jardesca. Jardesca. Get it in your cup. It's an appetif. Won't yes. do nothing to your yes. teeth. And check out live, man. We had a really great end. Yeah, and he's in California. So, Charles, shout out to Car- Charles. Charles. He's super, super chill, cool, and everything about California that I love. Oh, man. <laughs> no, I want to go back. You know what song always pops in my head when I think of California? Uh, uh, California Love. No. So, I met it from California. Okay, I don't know the words. Me neither, but I know the song you're talking about. California. Oh, California. Right, right. I want to get back to where. So if you know the song. (laughs) You know, comment or something, let us know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or send me a link to the song. I mean, I can Google it. What's the California song named California? (laughs) Right. But I know you talk about, though. Yeah. Met up in the A from California, something like that. I, there's cuss words, clearly. That's why I beat them out. <laughs> I think I think people have enough of the, you know, enough just of the song. Yeah. To to get on the case. Yeah, and like Ti yeah. is on it, and like a few other. Oh yeah, it's probably a Bruno Mars song. No, it's not Bruno Mars at all. Oh, well, it's like Fantasia's brother. Oh. Well, we'll figure it out. Next we'll next episode when we talk about California, hey, I'm going to know sure the first verse. Back. Right, we're going to make sure we come back with the answer to it. First verse. <laughs> well, we're going to get into our first interview because we go on to the A before we go to California. Wait, that song is perfect for today. I got to... Okay, we're going to put it in the notes what the, what the song is. Yes. But we're going to talk with the Urban Wine Collective and see how they got started. Hey there, friends. It's Renee here at the Rose Hour Podcast. And today, you guys, you got to get the chime in because we have three amazing queens who have created a collective. And a collective of what? Urban wine. I mean, come on now. It doesn't get any better than that. We have the amazing Bianca, Abria, and Raquel of Urban Wine Collectives. Yay! Yay! Woohoo! 
So I since we've never had three people in one interview. So we're going to just say before I ask the question, <laughs> I'm going to say someone's name so that, you know, we have some sort of organization because this is so cool right now. <laughs> so I'll start with Bianca because I know you're sort of the page uh, operator for you guys on Instagram. And I stalked you guys because I just love the content you put out, your images, and you guys are so like positive and keep it real ATL style, which I love because my people are from Atlanta and secretly I am an Atlantean uh, in my heart. But <laughs> want to ask you, Bianca, how did you guys all get connected and start this amazing collective? All right. Um, so you're an ATLian by heart? Is that what you're is that what you were trying yeah, to Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's what I was trying to say. <laughs> I failed to say, but tried to say. <laughs> it's all good. Um, so actually we just celebrated about three weeks ago our two-year anniversary. Um since we met. And we all used to be in the same um group traveling vineyard. It was an independent sales group. Uh, but we were getting, well, I wouldn't even say we were in the group. I think Raquel and I were in the group and she came across my Instagram page. And I think it all started with like, oh, you do chocolate billiard. Oh, your nails are pretty. And we were like, okay, you want to come over sometimes? So that was that. And then Abria and Raquel actually knew each other uh, from a previous event that she had done. So she, Abria had expressed interest in joining the organization as well. And so we all ended up at the house together and it was, what was it? We probably got there at like three o'clock in the afternoon and we sat there for six hours and here we are on the Rosé Hour podcast. We, we killed bottles and bottles of Rosé that day. Um, but, <laughs> but I think the like one of the most defining moments about that day was we really sat down and we were all on the same page with so many of the things we wanted to do in this industry. Um, and there were so many things that had not been done yet. Um, so to find a group of girls or just black women who are all on the same page, we all get along, we all have a good time with each other. Like, it was just rare. Then we came across the food pairing of rosé and mashed potatoes, and it was a complete wrap what? after that. What? Yes. 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 Time. That's a whole different ball game. <laughs> but that's really what it was. We just, we were just so like-minded in the industry um and we just were like what are we going to do with all of this you know we we've got this new relationship that we've all started and it's really just been flourishing for the past two years you know we've worked together we've helped each other we've built each other up we've had pep talks come to jesus meetings <laughs> um been very candid with each other about what we wanted out of this space. And so now it's been, like I said, it's been two years and we're heading into year number three. So it's, it's, it's been fun. Wow. And like the journey is so amazing. So I, I'd like to ask Abria, um, more specifically for you, like what brought you into this wine world and, and sort of like, you're like, yes, girl, we got to do this for the culture. <laughs> That's such a good question. It was so funny. So I was actually at a, like a weird stage of my life when I actually got into the wine industry. Um, I've always been in hospitality, uh, but I took a break for a while, for a couple of years. And like Bianca said, we were me and Raquel was part of this group and she did a virtual taste of, of tasting. And I was like, I could do this. I love wine. I've been drinking wine for 
a long time. <laughs> we don't want no dates so, on it. <laughs> we don't want to put some dates on it, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, why not do this? And as soon as I got into it, I, I noticed certain things in the industry and I definitely wanted to be a part of it. I definitely want to be part of being the culture in the industry, being part of seeing other Black women and Black men enjoy wine like I do. Yes. And we, we need that for the culture. So, yes, thank you. Yes. And Raquel, so want to bring you into this and hear more from you about, like, some of the things you guys have accomplished in 2020. I know it's been a very tough year and, you know, you guys do events, right? So, like, how are you guys able to sort of pivot as the, as the word of 2020 uh, into, you know, being so amazing and doing what you guys are doing now? Yeah, that's a great question. So we actually we had we made so many plans in 2019 for 2020. We I, I think we had a notebook full of all the things that we planned on doing. And yes, as you know, March 2020 happened and everything shut down. We were even scheduled to do an event for Essence Festival. Whoa. So we were yeah, we were really excited about that and so the first thing we did, um, and I think it was a month after the shutdown, we sh- shifted our event or we pivoted an event that was should have been in person. It was um, around wine and aphrodisiacs, and we decided to make it an, a, a virtual event um, because at the at the time, you know, everyone's in the house and it was our way of figuring out how we can all get together and still vibe over wine and have a good time and still show people who Urban Wine Collective is. And we had a blast. We paired wine with different aphrodisiacs and we played fun games uh, like Never Have I Ever. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and, and people said it was one of the best tastings they've attended. And, you know, that's part of one of our, one of the things we like to do is just bring joy and, um, and new experiences to everyone. So that was a great experience. And we also decided, hey, we need to start thinking about products that we can push out. So we start working on some things in the background. Um, so we'll we'll see if we, I don't know if we're going to mention it on the podcast just yet. Ooh. You guys tell me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know yet. <laughs> so, we, so we start working on some things in the background. So... So yeah, and then um, I'll have uh, Bianca actually, Bianca and Avery step in and, and share about a recent launch um, within the last couple of months. Something they've been working super hard on. Ooh, give us a yeah. Time. Okay, <laughs> so we actually started filming uh, for a streaming platform a couple. Of, what it's been like a month and a half now. Um, we've got about five episodes out there and more coming that we filmed and we're having edited. So we stream live, actually, well, not live, but our episodes stream on Roku um, and Google Play on Wednesday nights at 7.30. Um, so our show is called Under the Cork with Urban Wine Collective. And we bring you different themed episodes each week. So one episode we did Spanish Tapas. Another one we talked about Porch Pounders, which are wines that you come home from work or you come home from a long day and you just open the bottle and the wine is so good or so easy to drink 
that you just pound it out like it's water. Um, so once we did a porch pounder episode, we just did one for Friendsgiving. We did an anniversary episode for the three of us. Um, we just did a new thing that we're doing now, um, a chef highlight, which will drop tomorrow. I'm actually, as I'm talking to you, texting our editor to make sure I get this episode. So it's just been a lot of things in motion. Even though it's a pandemic, we're in a pandemic, like we've still been moving, we've still been working. Um, and, and I don't know if that all shows on social media because a lot of things we do are not built for social media, I feel like all the time, um, but we're still moving. I don't want to say, like, I don't want to take it over. Avria, you can, you can chime in there. What's your feelings about what we've been doing? <laughs> I've been super excited about the episodes and just seeing the progress over the few months of the hard work we've done. Um, but not just with us, just seeing how people just pivot during the pandemic and just making things their own. People are being super creative and I truly like enjoy seeing what everyone's doing, not just in the wine industry, but as an entrepreneur. So I think this has been an awesome opportunity. I am so grateful for Taste on TV to allow us to have our show. Um, yeah, so it's been great. And, and I would love to know more, and maybe Raquel, you can jump in here too. Um, how did you guys even get this, you know, streaming platform, uh, especially like with three black women talking about wine? Like people do not think of that unless you are the, you know, uh, what, are, what are the McBride sisters right now? I, I mean, people do not think of black women and wine. Yet we are the number one consumers and been the number one consumers of it. So how did you guys sort of like make this deal possible and shout out to you all for making that happen. Um, actually, yeah, Avery came, oh, okay, Avery came across the idea and she kind of had to sell it <laughs> to us. <laughs> she, um, because I was just, I think I was in a place uh, personally where I was just like, this is being ready to be so much work. And then she started talking about agreements and licensing. I was just like, okay, wait. I was like, this is just too much. I was like, is this legit? How do we know this is legit? And she's like, it's legit. Just call the producer. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so we called the producer. And even after that moment, I was still kind of like, mm, let's get the contract and see. And she was very like, Avery can tell you, she was gung-ho. She was like, we can do this. And then... We finally signed everything, and I think it wasn't until we actually put our names on dotted lines that I was that I was like, "All right, it's a go," and then we just kind of shot off full speed ahead. Want to know if there's like things that we should know about the wine industry, especially with women of color? I, the reason I asked this question is what I was saying before is you know being in the the wine industry and especially you know as influencers as you all are in doing events. Um, a lot of people have skepticism uh, and don't embrace uh, as quickly sometimes minority women in this space. How do you guys feel you've been received in sort of the wine culture world? And I'll, I'll send this one to Abria. Sorry. <laughs> no problem. That's such a great question. <laughs> Especially since like everything that has been going on with the wine world lately. I don't know if anybody's been following everything that was going on with like the quarter master psalms and um, everything that's just been going on in the world in general. You know, we've been going through a lot lately um, as far as being bl just black in the world. Mm -hmm. I will say that a lot since then, we're starting to really see 
who is supportive of the cause and who's not, um, and who are supportive of the cause, they're stepping up to the plate. They're doing what they need to do to protect us as needed, I would say. Um, but I will also ask Raquel, Raquel, what do you think about that? Um, yeah, so I honestly... <sighs> Yeah, so my my thoughts and feelings have changed many times about how we're received, both by um, people of color and um, by people who are not of color. And um, they always made their assumptions of what we liked, uh, how we shop, how we purchase, um, because they're not used to seeing us in the room. Um, I've... I've traveled to many wineries in other countries and everyone always kind of looks at me like I'm lost whenever I attended a tasting. Um, I do see that that is starting to change, but I think it's a slow change. I don't think it's something that we're going to see a change in overnight. I think I still, I still will go to a wine shop where someone tries to escort me to the sweet or discount wine section Mm -hmm. uh, without even asking what my tastes are. So I think it's a slow change, um, but, but there are so many, uh, um, I I guess I want to call them wine, wine activists who are really changing the game for us through social media, through the organizations they've started. So I definitely think over the next five, 10 years that they will receive us differently than they do today. Wow, that's that's really powerful. And I, I think you're right. You know, I think in, you know, the near future, uh, Black women and the demographic of what we are and our buying power uh, will be more valued. And hopefully it's not five years, but I definitely see and agree with you. Um, I know we we have a lot of questions for you. So I, I just kind of want to like also provide the opportunity for you guys to also tell us what you guys have going on, uh, any events that you have or anything that, you know, you want to share with us. Anyone can take this. <laughs> Raquel, how about, well, actually, Bianca, we, we haven't heard from you in a minute. <laughs> she may be frozen, I think. Oh, oh she dropped off. I'm sorry. Okay, uh, so, well, what, well, as far as... um. I think we all have independently, we all have some, a few events that have been going on that we've been working uh, separately. I know for me, I have a wine travel business um, in addition to the Urban Wine Collective. So we have a trip coming up for Napa and the whole premise of um, the business, which is called Passport to Pino, is just taking... um, taking wine lovers all around the world and experiencing wine at the vineyard with the winemaker. So the, so one of our first trips is, well, our second trip is Napa, which was highly requested. And it was just something I had to do because everyone's like, no, I, ha- I want to go to Napa. I have to go to Napa. So that's one thing that I have coming up. I know, Abria, you've done a few events recently um, that maybe you can expand on or that you have to do. 
So recently, honestly, guys, I've been super busy with the wine shop, working at the wine shop that I've been working at in Atlanta, as well as being part of um, Q Society's uh, core chapter, where we're um, providing events and education for um, African-Americans that's in the industry, which has been super fun. Uh, but it's also been amazing. That's one thing I've been working on. And then you guys know the show. The show is definitely keeping us busy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just planning up the episodes, putting the episodes together and making sure we provide great content for you. And then I'm also working on my WSET 3 certification. Take the test really soon. So yeah, we definitely been staying busy behind the scenes. But 2021, we're super excited bringing you guys more events, um, products like Raquel mentioned earlier that we're, you know, you guys will see soon on our social media and our show. Wow. And I think, uh, Bianca, you're back. So just want to hear some things that you're working on uh, that, you know, you want to let everybody know that's coming up, whether it's an event or some sort of speaking engagement or a new episode. We'd love to know what you're doing. Um, but yeah, so last week I got the opportunity to do Black Woman, Black Woman or the Mobile Code Summit. So I got to do a live tasting. And uh, I think I'm finding my um, niche with just going live lately and building my own platform up, building up the Coco Wino um, and then also, um, I mean, I spend like 75% of my wine time with Abrius. So uh, we're both a part of CORE right now or the Council of Resources. Um, this is their like inaugural year. So they're really ramping up with tastings. We've done ruin art tastings for champagne. Uh, we've done some Spanish wine tastings. So just falling into the education piece, um, getting into a space where I'm getting back into my education really soon and working on um, our behind the scenes project that we're doing <laughs> and also filming. Keep, filming keeps us really busy. It's always the, like at the forefront. Do you have these items? Are you prepared? Did you contact this person? Has the editing finished? So that's, I feel like this is a new journey for us and we're just kind of rolling with it. So we're doing a lot right now. Wow. So amazed. And you guys are just continuously like raising the bar for everybody in this industry. So thank you guys for all you do. I want to ask one question before we get to the end of this interview, which is how can people follow you guys uh, as well as uh, purchase or attend events that you're hosting? Like where can they go? And Abria, Abria, excuse me, uh, if you want to actually go because... (laughs) Okay, so you guys can follow us at Urban Wine Collective on Instagram as well as Facebook. And then we have our individual pages, Coco Wino, Passport to Pino, and Rosé and Soares. Ooh, I love it. I love it. I love it. And also, don't forget to go to At Taste on TV as well so that you can also watch their streaming. Yes, because we got to watch it. We got to support people. We must support. We must support. So... I like to end the interview with always asking people this last question. So I would love for each of you, uh, we'll start with Bianca, uh, Abria, and then Raquel. What is your favorite rosé? Okay, so I don't have a favorite rosé, um, but I'll tell you the rosé that changed my life. Okay. So I had to actually look for it. So it's called Sophia Rosé, and it is from, um, I think it is from Carneros, California. And 
it was just like this easy drinking, like raspberry, strawberry, luscious rosé. That was probably the first one after like everybody raved about, what was it, summer in a bottle? Um, I was like, oh, okay, I can do this. And then I tasted the the Sophia rosé and that one did it for me. So that's probably one of my tops. I will say my favorite right now, because again, it always changes. Um, but Tamara Mari, she has a rosé called Sister Wine. Y'all, if y'all haven't tried that yet, that is so good. It's very like fruit for easy drinking, pairs with everything, because we know rosé is like a great food wine. Um, it, we paired it with crab cakes and we truly enjoyed it. We paired it with <laughs> truffle popcorn and we enjoyed it. Tamara's sister wine is awesome. And then also some of the uh, proceeds from the uh, wine goes to Breast Cancer Awareness Foundation. Oh, that's awesome. So Sophia yeah. and then Tia and Tamara. Uh, yeah, Tamara's uh, sister wine. Yes. All right, Raquel. So, yeah, like like they both said, you know, um, my taste in rosé always changes, but I'll say that the one that stuck with me for 2020 is like my favorite rosé of 2020 was a uh, pet net, actually. So it was a sparkling rosé um, called Exile from uh, Loire Valley. It's primarily... Um, uh, from the Gamay grape, and that is it, that is also similar to the sister wine. It's very fruit forward, and it's really great with brunch. It's the perfect brunch bubbly, um, and it's a natural wine for for those who are getting into natural wine. So that was probably my favorite rosé of the year. Wow, that is awesome! Can I say something? I feel like I misspoke. <laughs> Go for it. I feel, like, I feel like I said Sophia, and that's what like that's the most memorable one to me. But when when Raquel said um, pet nat, I have been like all year mind clang crazy, like with the with the um, what am I trying to say? The natural wines or the biodynamic wines. That's probably my favorite. The mind clang rosé. It is awesome. And it's a sparkling. So that's probably my favorite rosé ever because I'm always buying it from the store. <laughs> and when I go to Total Wine, I'm like, dang it, you guys don't sell this here. Um, that's probably my favorite. So I misspoke. Don't don't quote me on that first one. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> what we'll do is we'll say that Sophia was a present of mine, but your heart was somewhere else. That's what we'll say. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Well, ladies, this has been so much fun. And I'm so excited for all that you guys are doing. We're definitely going to be a part of everything you're doing virtually. So we're going to start streaming. We're looking at episodes as we speak right now. You know, we got to support each other. So if you guys have not already, follow Urban Wine Collective on Instagram. Their handle, super easy to remember, right? And then also Bianca at Coco underscore wine ox abria excuse me uh at rosen soirees and raquel at raquel wines uh so don't forget to follow these ladies ladies thank you so much for joining us today we really 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 appreciated your time thank you renee this is thank great. you renee thank you yay cheers yay all right bye guys
Wow, great interview. Thanks, friends of the Urban Wine Collective. We're going to take a quick commercial break. But when we come back, we're going to hear from Charles Morrison of Jardeska. Hey there, friends. It's Renee here at the Rosie Hour Podcast. And today, you're in for such a great treat. This guy is so amazing. He is part of the Jardesca brand and is bringing you amazingness, light, and beauty of a refreshing beverage that's just so delicioso. None other than the amazing Charlie. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Yay! The crowd goes wild. They're clapping. I can hear it. Yes, yes. <laughs> Hello, Charlie. How's your day going? I mean, I'm here. Present. Yes. <laughs> That's most important. Yes, I am present because I'm so excited to talk to you about like how you got into the industry, how you got hooked up with this amazing brand, and also more about this beverage because it's... Definitely delicious, right? So I want to know more about you and everything you do. <laughs> well, I guess I'll just jump right into it. Um, I think we'll kind of start how I guess how I got into it and the brand. Yes. Um, so I guess kind of backtrack my, uh, well, I always like to say that my dad and I are amazing drinkers um, and we're very good at it. But he... <laughs> Drink champs. For, yeah, drink seriously. Uh, for my dad's 50th birthday, we went and traveled around Italy um, and kind of fell in love with this aperitivo or aperitif moment over there. Um, and it's that moment kind of after a long day where you kind of sit down with friends and family, you're eating cheese and charcuterie, living the life, you know, pinkies up. Yes, and pinkies up. <laughs> yeah. And um, uh, you needed to start off with a palate opener and that's what an aperitif means. It's, it means to open. Um, and you would drink if you know Aperol or if you know Campari. They're very bright orange and red liqueurs. They're very pretty distinctive. Um, if you go to France, you'll see things like Lillet. Um, and, you know, we hadn't been introduced to this at all. And my dad, you know, when we came back from that trip, you know, we drank too much of those spirits in a three-day period. And we didn't know that there was a lot of artificial food coloring and syrup and sugars. So we had so much fun, but we probably didn't need didn't drink enough water and we probably uh, should have toned it down a little bit, but we wanted to bring that moment back to the United States. So my dad and um, his business partner, Marshall Dawson, um, and my dad is Roger Morrison, um, created Jardesca and they made it come to fruition. So, uh, you know, they wanted to come up with something all natural, something California and all refreshing. Um, and they came up with Jardesca and Jardesca just means fresh from the garden. We're using only local and natural ingredients to that of California as a whole. Um, and at the time I was working at Amazon, so I was not in the industry, only in the industry by being a customer. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, my dad asked if, uh, and Marshall asked if I could join in on the amazingness that the brand had to offer and I jumped ship and joined Jardesca about four years ago. And we're, we're pretty, I mean, in the industry, we're, we're only about five years old. So I know it sounds like a long time, but it's not. Um, 
and there's four of us in this tiny, awesome, little, amazing team. And uh, that is kind of the quick runaround on how I kind of got in. Wow. And I mean, like, the trip was so amazing that, like, you guys were like, we're going to do this. <laughs> yes. Yes. And both Marshall and my dad, they're, they're, my dad's from England, and Marshall worked on doers. So he was kind of traveling around Europe for a bit. Um, and, you know, they really kind of love that moment. And again, about if you ask most people about five to six years ago, if they had drinking an Aperol spritz or they had drinking a lot of these aperitivos, they'd probably say no, unless you were probably a mixologist or a bartender. And now it's kind of left and right. You know, you ask anybody and that moment is, is finally here and it's exciting. Yeah, definitely. And you know what? I will say this. Uh, admittedly, you know, a lot of people are not used to sort of like uh, aperitif. I'm going to, I butcher words. So I apologize now. Uh, uh, aperitif, right? Yeah, I always just remember it because I always think of a, a pair of teeth. Yeah. Uh, but a pair of teeth, you had it correct. Oh, thank you. Okay, I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, a lot of people do not drink that or, or un, unknowingly they are not aware that that is a thing. So, like, how how is the industry working to sort of, like, educate people, you think, um, on this sort of, like type of wine? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think you'll start, I know we're kind of barred for the most part on going to restaurants and bars as much due to the pandemic, but um, that culture in New York and uh, Los Angeles and San Francisco kind of were a little ahead of the curve. And you'd start to see on a lot of menus that there was a low alk by volume, a low APB menu um, on a lot of these sections. So instead of kind of drinking one or two martinis and then jumping into a glass of wine at dinner, you're kind of starting off with something a little lighter, more refreshing. Um, that's about 17% APB. So it's close to that of a wine. Um, and you could start off, you know, again, refresh your palate and then you would jump, you can jump into something afterwards or you can stick to that low APB uh, on that low APB train. Uh, but I would start to, you can start to see on a lot of menus that that be the case. And I think several wine um, producers um, and, and spirit producers um, throughout the world, but let alone now here in California, are starting to kind of create their little specific aperitif or a vermouth section um, within their portfolio. Yeah. And so, like, I noticed that with aperitif wines, I, I did it. I think I said it wrong. But anyway, I'm not going to I'm not going to check myself on it every time. <laughs> no, it, it, it is honestly tomato, tomato. And however you would like to say it is correct. OK, I'll, I'll just say a petite, a petite. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. One more time, a petite. Um, most people do not know that like they have like mixed drinks, if you will, um, or, or cocktails that are made with those drinks. That's that correct. Wine as well. Yeah. So, and, you know, even on most of those menus, you'll see it simply, I mean, in some places they will put a big well-known brand such as Aperol or Campari. And a lot of those are just for the coloring, the, the changing the color profile of the cocktail to make it more of that rosé-ish or pinkish cocktail they're using it within tequila or, or, or something on that end. Uh, but a lot of times bartenders and mixologists omit the brand name and they just kind of put vermouth or aperitif. So people don't, you know, if they're shaking up four or five ingredients in the cocktail, uh, other than the whiskey aspect or this main base spirit, they're not going to know what's altering the taste, which is probably, you know, vermouth or 
the vermouth or aperitif wine. So, um, but I, you know, as we, especially here in California, and I'm sure um, on your on the East Coast as well, on, on a lot of menus, people are very interested in knowing what is in their cocktails. Now they're liking to know that things are natural. If they're eating farm-to-table food, they should be drinking. We like to say here, garden-to-glass cocktails. Um, but keeping it all natural, keeping it, um, you know, for instance, we're, we only produce um, about 2,000 cases, um, so we're pretty small um, artisanal batch within both our red and white. And I think most uh, vermouth aperitifs are kind of fall in that range. That you, I mean, of course, you've got the the big Aperol Campari, which are producing hundreds of thousands of cases, but you'll start to see a lot of these individual brands um, kind of popping up, but they're only producing so much because they're using such a high quality wine. They're using high in botanicals that are organic in, in their, in their state to kind of create these fun, refreshing things. So it's more on the uh, mixologists or the, the individuals creating it, educating people, you know, whether it be person by person or word of mouth. So where, where do you see, or where do you see this sort of like type of wine growing? You know, like the rosé movement is growing, right? Um, yeah. I think like red wine had a moment too. Like everybody was like, oh, I'm, and, and, and listen, I, I had a moment too. I was like, oh, I'm a red wine person. Cause like, it was like <laughs> a thing, right? It was like, you seem to be more like, oh, I'm, I'm more intellectual. I drink red wine. Uh, and then, like, you know, now the rosé all day. So, like, do you see there being a movement for this sort of type of wine coming up? Yeah, um, I, absolutely. And I kind of think it in two. So, I think the Aperol Spritz moment, it's such an iconic cocktail. And I think that moment for a lot of people have has come and gone. I think, you know, maybe two years ago. I mean, people still enjoy it, but I think it came in such a rush um, but I do think that in one direction of the question, I think that the spritz moment is here and I think it's here to stay because, um, as you will see later and we'll play with another time, our holiday spritz, you can just change the ingredient or two. You can use again, uh, different aperitif wines or, or fun vermouths, uh, to kind of change the spritz seasonally. So it doesn't have to be always, you know, bright and sunny with just orange and Prosecco. You can do you know, pomegranates and rosemary with our, for instance, Chardesco white with some Prosecco. And that, and then that'd be, you know, very relevant for the, for the winter. The other movement I will say, um, is the, we were talking about earlier, the low alk, um, the low APV trend. I think that is here to stay. I think people are very intrigued, um, by drinking kind of low alk and kind of lasting throughout the evening or, or the daytime, if you will, depending on how often you like to drink. And, um, I think that moment is, is going to be here uh, for a very long time. I think we'll see that in most restaurants and bars, hotels. Um, it's just that kind of fun moment to kind of pair. It's a perfect pairing, these low alcohol uh, cocktails. So what would you suggest for someone who is starting out and was like, you know what, I want to do this as my first drink. You know, like I want to start it. Like, okay, I want, I want to do one. What would be their first one that you would recommend or maybe like two or three drinks you would recommend that they start out with? And are we talking about the lovely Jardesca or are you talking just yes. in general? Oh. Okay. Um, so within Jardesca, I always highly recommend starting off with our Jardesca White. It's the first um, expression that we came out with. It is so bright and sunny. Um, it's predominantly a Viognier, so it's, it's light and floral. 
We balance that with a sweet and a dry wine, and there's notes of pink grapefruit, pink peppercorn, and bay leaf. So again, from all that jargon really quickly, it is bright and sunny. And what I always recommend to people is we call it our Jardesca California Spritz. And that is three ounces of our Jardesca over ice in a white wine glass because we're always saying you can use up. We are going to add an orange uh, zest and you're going to add some spank. Your spanking is involved in this cocktail. You're going to spank some fresh mint in your hands. It's going to muddle that mint. You're going to toss it in and then you'll float it with about two ounces of Prosecco. You can have this drink anytime because it's Orange and mint is, you know, year round, um, but it's such a fun, you know, brunchy cocktail. But um, um, I didn't, I mentioned earlier or briefly mentioned that Jardesca is all natural. So, you know, unlike a lot of things in the category, it's just the way that it's been. There's a lot of additives, but with Jardesca, it's, we're not adding anything on the back end just from the natural process of wine. Um, so it's very clean and very refreshing. Uh, another one that I would highly recommend um, is our Jardesca Mule, um, and it is three ounces of our Jardesca Red, which is a Zin base, and it has botanicals of ginger, cardamom, and tangerine. And you're going to float that with about two ounces of you know ginger beer. We love Fever Tree, mm-hmm. uh, and then you add some fre- more spankings involved here again. Uh, you add some fresh mint to that. And you, the, the idea too is always three, two, one. So three ounces of Jardesca, two ounces of a mixer and then add some fresh garnish and citrus. Uh, the last one I will say, and this is just to mix it up, um, is a flipped martini. So it is three ounces of our Jardesca, uh, Jardesca white, one ounce of gin or vodka, whichever you prefer in your martinis. Ooh. And you will you will stir that up for about 15 seconds until it's well chilled, strain it into your glass. You can use a pink grapefruit because pink, uh, gra- uh, pink grapefruits in our uh, lead botanical and our white. And it is so refreshing, but again, it's flipping that martini on its head, so it's not as spirit forward. It's a lot lighter. And those are three I recommend. Wow. I mean, and you guys basically just got Martini 101 on the side, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> so you got a two for there. You got drinks and Martini 101. So thank you for that. We really appreciate yeah. it, Charlie. So I, I, I got to ask this question because, like, you were just blowing my mind, like, there's so much information and like I'm learning so much. And I know our listeners out there, our friends here at the Rosé Hour podcast are learning so much too. Uh, we we don't just, you know, focus only on Rosé. Rosé is like what we love, but also we want to learn more. What would you say should be like one thing we should learn about apathies that we, we, we don't know? Like if we're just novice in the world, walking around, which most of us are, what is one thing if we go to the bar and we're like, we want to drink with... A, a patif in it what should we say to the bartender um i, I would go That's to probably them a hard question i'm sorry <laughs> no I, I think it's a great question um I, I think right away i think the kind of like beginner entry cocktail with these would probably stick with the spritz moment um so if you go up to a bartender um or anyone at any restaurant uh, that's behind the bar, I would highly recommend just um, asking them for their favorite spritz um, using a, you know, a local aperitif from your neighborhood um, or, or your state as a whole. I think that's a great way just to, you know, add a little bubbles, whatever the, the vermouth or aperitif would be. And then they're most likely just going to add some citrus in that. And I think that's just an easy, refreshing, great way, no matter what time of day kind of cocktail to begin, um, begin with. I love that because you know what? <laughs> And these days and times, you just need something refreshing. <laughs> mm-hmm. The world yes, is so stale right now. So that <laughs> makes 
That makes a lot of sense. I love it. I love it. So, Charlie, I got to ask this question. How can people purchase some of your amazing wine and also follow you guys? Yeah. So for following purposes, I highly recommend everybody just taking a peek at our um, and following us on our Instagram. It's just at Jardesca. Um, you'll see that our we're this huge garden themed, everything is bright and sunny. Um, everything kind of revolves around nature to us. So um, I highly recommend following us on Instagram. We have a bunch of uh, recipe ideas that we're constantly posting up there and suggesting gardening tips, et cetera. And then um, in order to shop or purchase, I uh, would recommend going to our website, which is just jardesca.com. And uh, we have a shop, shop section. If you are in a handful of states that we're in, you can kind of type in your zip, zip code and see if we're in that area. If not, just buy off our website directly. We've got a lot of fun ideas, especially right now we're heading into the holidays. So we do little spritz kits that you can send to a friend or you could you know, purchase for yourself and learn to make a wine cocktail. And I think the coolest thing right now, too, is we are offering virtual spritz classes. So if you and your friends wanted to buy a couple of these kits and um, uh, agreed upon a time with me on when you'd like to do this fun class at home with uh, friends and family, it's just a fun way to kind of stay entertained um, and provide a fun experience uh, while we're all stuck at home during this crazy pandemic. That is amazing because I love a good spritz kit and learning how to do something. Now, I'm not the greatest person in the kitchen. So this sounds amazing <laughs> to those of you who are and also like to people who are just trying to learn how to do something because I know I'm going to try to get one too. So Charlie, look for me because I'm going to try to do one with my family for Thanksgiving. I'm going back home to Chicago with my parents. We're going to try to have Thanksgiving and we're going to have it. some aperitif and I'm going to make it. And we're gonna we're gonna do one of these classes with you. <laughs> I, it is so much fun. I promise you. They're only thirty minutes long. Everyone masters how to make a wine cocktail. It's, again, as you were saying, this is actually a fun intro uh, introduction to uh, learning more about aperitifs and be quick and fun with those that you love. Oh, I'm so excited! So this is just so amazing. And Charlie, we definitely have to have you back on because you know you are just a, a breath of fresh air. You're refreshing, just like your drink. So. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yes, it makes sense. But I have to ask this last question before we let you go today. Um, I know we're talking about, you know, a different type of wine, but like, what's your favorite type of rosé? So I, so um, uh, can I be very specific? Yes, you can be as specific okay. as you wish. So my brother and sister uh, live in Oregon. Um, I went to University of Oregon, so Oregon has a soft spot for go me. Go Ducks. And I, go Ducks. <laughs> uh, um, and this is a different type of animal, but the brand, uh, the, the producer is Big Table Farms, and their specific label is called the Laughing Pig Rosé, um, and it has a funny little pig on it. Um, and it is so amazing. It's, 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 it's again, also an artisanal batch. They only produce about 400 cases. I want to say, um, but it is so refreshing. It comes from, from the Willamette Valley, uh, red fruit forward. Um, it's just very refreshing. Obviously a little more skin contact. It's a little darker, uh, than your, you know, typical like, uh, rosés, but it is so fun. Um, and it's just a really balanced wine, but I love everything that they do, but uh, their pinots are fantastic, but this, the rosé, is just so refreshing. And I think you can really have it um, any time of year. There you have it. Charlie's favorite rosé. It is a staple. The ducks love it. The ducks love the pigs. <laughs> <laughs> they do. 
Now, quick question on that. Is it actually one of the vineyards off the coast? Like, there's a couple, like, little, I won't call them islands, but I guess they are. Islands of Oregon? Like, is that, they're not on the mainland, is it? It is. It. Um, they produce it in Carlton, which is in the Willamette Valley. I wish okay. it was off. I wish it was something awesome, like off the islands. I'll have to venture out that way to find more things out there and give give a better story next time on that. But okay. they're they're in the they're in the Willamette Valley. Okay, nice, it's, nice. No, still great. Only reason I know that is because of of, of of a book I read. That's the only reason. <laughs> I've never been there myself. Never been to the islands of Oregon. <laughs> 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 and the last thing I will say too is that the, the wine overall is, is um, it's unfined and unfiltered. So Ooh. you will see some sediment at the bottom too. So in case those that are in, intrigued by their wines, you know, being a little more natural focused, this could be a fun rosé. Oh, I love a good natural because that means you get to see it all. I'm here for that. Yes, Charlie. Thank you, Charlie. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> Well, guys, we want to say thank you so much to Charlie for joining us today. Thank you, thank you, thank you to you and your team. We appreciate you. We cannot wait to continue talking with you and doing some amazing, great things with you guys for 2020 and 2021. Well, I can't thank you so much for taking the time to have me on. And this was so much fun. And I look forward to maybe putting on our science goggles and making some wine cocktails in the new future. Oh, yes. Can't wait. (laughs) Cheers. Cheers. Thanks, Charles, for an amazing interview. And don't forget to check us out on our Instagram Live, the Rosie Hour podcast, where you will see bartender Ben actually making drinks last Christmas with the amazing Charles. It was super dope. So it's up on IGTV Live. Want to shout out our amazing guests, Charles of our Dardesca, the Urban Wine Collective, uh, the amazing trio. They are so cool and in Atlanta. So if you see them, wave hello and learn more about wine from them. Additionally, shout out to Bartender Ben. Don't forget to follow his page, Bartender Ben underscore DC, to watch The Meat Chronicles every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Additionally, we're bringing back Happy Hour! So stay tuned and follow us on Instagram Live. Don't forget to also like, follow, subscribe to our podcast. And also, guess what? We accepted cash apps because why? It costs money to do this. I mean, from all the videos to the podcast materials to traveling. So we want to continue bringing you great guests and great situations to learn about amazing people doing amazing things. But we kind of like want to accept some cash apps. So Cash app us at R-D-O-T-J-O-H-N-S-O-N. Yep, that's me. You'll find me there on the cash app. (laughs) Feel free to make a donation. Or if you feel like tithing, go ahead and do so. We're here for tithes all the time. (laughs) Again, don't forget to follow us at The Rosie Hour on all of your podcast platforms. And we can't wait for next Wednesday because why? You know that noise. Time for a new episode. So see you next week, friends. Cheers.